and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of December 19, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it was quite a week in terms of economic data, as we talked about on the last pod. And that economic data largely aligned with what the market has been asking for. Now, on Monday, we had Fed one and in five-year inflation expectations come down once again. And then we got a CPI print, once again, smaller than expected, 0.1 versus 0.3 month over month on a headline basis and 0.2 versus 0.3 on a core basis. And yet now it means that we're running at 7.1% annualized on a headline basis, core at 6%. Going back a year ago, those numbers might have sent the market into a tailspin, but now it's good news. And yet, despite that, the market actually sold off in the afternoon coming off of that big CPI print. We had this massive rally right after that number printed, and then we retraced almost all of those gains. So quite a wild day in the market. And then we got what the market was asking for, a smaller than expected rate hike from the Federal Reserve, 50 basis points instead of 75. Now, funny thing happened. The market sold off once again. And yet, again, it seems like you can take the Fed at its word. We saw some indication over the course of the past couple of weeks that there was going to be a moderating pace of increases in the federal funds rate. And then we get a 50 basis point rate increase at the latest meeting, instead of 75, which the market had been pricing in for quite some time, and yet the market didn't like it and sold off. And then we got some pretty weak economic data to finish up the week. Empire manufacturing, retail sales, manufacturing and services PMIs all coming in weaker than expected, or in some cases, much weaker than expected. So you add it all up, and it was a very weak market all told, down 2% on the S&P 500, but it felt a little bit worse than that just because, again, what we've been told, at least if you read financial media and you read the headlines, is that weaker than expected CPI or some sort of softening of inflation and perhaps a more dovish, less hawkish Federal Reserve policy would lead to a rally or would be the the impetus for a rally in the market. And yet we got those things. We got a weaker than expected CPI print. We got a less aggressive rate hike from the Fed. And yet you add it all up and the S&P 500 is down 2% for the week. Now down 19.17% for the year. And I hope your kids aren't listening. If the Santa rally is going to happen That fat guy has to show up pretty soon in his beard because it doesn't seem like we're going to get the Santa Claus rally this year. Now, looking at the sector profile, we've seen these types of weeks before where the worst performing sectors are the same sectors that have been the worst performing sectors year to date. Consumer discretionary down 3.96%. We had communication services down 2.81% and technology down 2.62%. The three biggest sectors or most influential sectors in the market, if you will, all down more than the market. And the only sector that was up for the week, up 1.98%, was energy, which once again is the best performing sector year to date by a significant margin and is a sector that has come under scrutiny recently because energy prices have softened, at least WTI and Brent crude prices are well off of their near-term highs, and investors are starting to wonder if demand is going to drag down energy prices as we go into 2023. Now, 
what we're seeing is, at least so far as we finish out the year, energy maintains its significant lead above the market. And of course, the supply side of the equation for energy remains very tight. It was a robust week of trading, 833 plus million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. And it was a positive flows week going into Friday, 24 million shares in total in net creations across the lineup, 11 million of those in XLF alone. But if you look at Friday's activity, most of that went out in net redemption activity on Friday. If you look at that one week period, only XLE and XLV had redemption. So nine of the 11 sectors did have creation activity over the rolling one week period. But Again, a pretty robust creation week or a pretty robust week of creation activity leading into Friday. And then Friday was kind of a bloodbath in terms of redemption activity led once again by financials. And this week, the sector in focus is not just financials, but also XLRE or real estate. And the reason I'm doing the two of these together is because if you go back to 2016, for those of you who have been following and investing in sectors for quite a while, XLRE was broken out of the financial sector in 2016 as a part of a big, massive exchange. And since then, you look at the relative performance, XLF has basically doubled the performance of XLRE over that period of time, up basically 124% on a total return basis versus just 60% or so for XLRE over that period of time. And what's interesting is over that period of time, the correlation between the two is just 0.57. So it certainly lends credence to why Real estate was kicked out of financials and was elevated to its own gig sector and made the 11th gig sector because the the relationship, at least from a relative return perspective and a performance perspective between real estate and financial since then has been fairly weak as evidenced by that fairly low correlation of 0.57. And if you look year to date at the flow picture between the two sectors, 500 million in net inflows into XLRE year-to-date, 7 billion plus out of XLF year-to-date. If you look at all real estate ETFs in the GICs category, 4 billion out of real estate ETFs, 9 billion out of financial ETFs year-to-date. So just talking about relative positioning and the outlook for 2023, these sectors have, have really had very different experiences over the course of the past five, six years. And year-to-date, the flow picture, although both negative, is demonstrably more significantly negative for financials. And yet, when you think about the economic dynamics at work here, well, financials historically has been a sector that's benefited from higher interest rates. That hasn't been the case. Once again, we've seen an inversion of the twos and tens, and that's suppressed in theory the spread that financials can earn from borrowing short and lending long and perhaps has been suppressing performance of financials and has been part of the reason perhaps we've seen such significant outflows out of the financial services sector, not just so far year to date, but in certain periods, we've seen these massive redemption days, massive redemption weeks and months in the financial sector. And on the real estate side, it's it's sort of interesting right now because you've got these massive private real estate strategies that are halting redemptions. And you know the strategies that I'm talking about. And yet investors in the public space certainly don't have to face that type of uh, limitation because most ETFs, if not all, are open-end mutual funds. They can be created. They can be redeemed. You can get out. You can sell at the market. You can sell for a limit. And investors in the real estate category as part of their real estate allocation are perhaps reevaluating 
the benefits of being in a private real estate portfolio versus a public portfolio. And what we've seen, at least from a valuation perspective, is at least in aggregate, public real estate portfolios trading at a discount to NAV and private real estate portfolios trading at a premium to their public counterparts. Whether or not that persists into 2023 remains to be seen in this limiting of redemptions in private real estate strategies is certainly ringing alarm bells for some investors and could, in theory, bring some folks back under the umbrella of publicly traded real estate strategies. We'll see as we move into 2023. Looking ahead to next week, we've got a pretty full week once again in terms of economic data. We've got a ton of housing data, the Home Builders Index. We've got housing starts. We've got building permits. We've got existing home sales, all of which will give us additional insight into what has been a very challenging housing market here domestically. We'll get consumer confidence data. Once again, that's been a segment of the market that has been under pressure, as you would imagine, as consumers are dealing with inflation, higher interest rates, higher borrowing costs, and the threat of a recession. We'll see if that reads through or is baked in to the latest consumer confidence readings. Then we'll get a GDP print, both real and nominal to give us a feel for what economic activity looks like in aggregate. And we'll also get PCE, again, the Fed's favorite indicator of inflation. So we got a reading on inflation last week. We'll get another reading on inflation this week. We'll see if the market likes it. But ultimately, this is the last week ahead of the Christmas holiday. And it's likely to be a fairly light week in terms of volume and activity, but it's certainly not a light week in terms of economic data. On the earnings front, we've got some big companies reporting as well. Nike is going to be reporting, and that is obviously a bellwether for consumer spending. For those of you who are buying sneakers for your loved ones and for yourselves, we'll get a read-through as to what you represent in terms of the activity and the sales picture for a company like Nike, which, of course, is also very beholden to economic activity in China. And given the shutdowns we've seen time and time again in China, we'll see if the sales activity and guidance from Nike is as robust as the market needs it to be. General Mills will also be reporting, as will Micron and Rite Aid. So we get some pretty significant big-name brands, large companies reporting once again at the end of earnings season as we close out the year. And with that, I'd like to wish everyone who celebrates it a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful holiday with your family with your friends, with whoever you're celebrating with. For those of you who do not celebrate Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy holidays. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I thank you so much for listening. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. We'll catch you next time.